It's Silent Silent Disco. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we've learned things in the recording of our uh, podcast about certain audio things, but you know what? We 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 fake it till we make it. Yeah, make it work, honey. Right? I just feel it. I can feel it around yeah, me. And I just feel groove the vibe. Energy. 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 I love it. Oh, my God. <laughs> we have big time V energy. And I mean V as in boat energy yep. in today's podcast. It is It was so important. I know, like, it's, this is a sports podcast, but it's also about athletes and activism and social justice and I think I'm really excited about this episode yeah it's gonna be a big one um we have a guest today that is going to pretty much she puts together a sports production she's been in a long career in sports and uh civic duty because she is a progressive grassroots activist I met her on the job I know you all work with her as well currently working with her Um, So we're going to have her on in a little bit and we're going to talk to her about, um, you know, her sports career, but also how her civic duty and uh, voting, especially right now, is so important with voting advocacy. And I have to say, you know, she's made me a better voter. So I hope when this episode is done, you know, we will uh, all become better voters uh, after this. But before we get into that, Karen, how are you holding it down in San Francisco? What's happening? Ashy. But we're keeping it classy. <laughs> Man, I am seeing Hallie it. is on fire and not in a yeah. good way. You know what I mean? It's kind of nuts. Yeah, I know. My sister is in, well, I'm from oh, Watsonville yeah. in Santa Cruz County. And all Ash come is falling and, yeah. all over. The 831 is getting hit hard. And it's creeping into San Ho even. We've yeah, got it down Selena, in Pescadero and Peninsula, Gilroy, Napa. Big Sur. I mean I, I see it out here. I like wow. when I when I go outside my uh, where I'm staying, you can usually see the mountains and it's so hazy from all the smoke. We do have some out here and some mm-hmm. fires out here in Utah, but nothing like that's clearly from yeah Can- uh, from California. Canada. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Canada. Yeah. <laughs> North. Yeah. Yeah, and I wow. think I think in the Bay Area, SF County, which is just San Francisco mm-hmm. itself, mm-hmm. is the only one not on fire. <laughs> like every county yeah. is got. A we fire. have fires like, here in LA too. She, yeah, there's like 23 uh, across the whole state. You know, and that's why voting is so important on all levels of government because you know we need people that are going to think about climate these types of emergency, emergency and climate change. You're right. Yeah, technically it's our fault because we didn't go out and rake the forests like we were told to do. Oh, yeah. So, I also heard heard that we don't have a drought because if you just turn the faucets, water come out. So, you know. (laughs) We have the oceans right here. Why don't we just use them? (laughs) Yeah, seriously. I mean, he's so smart. Why didn't I think of these things? Oh, man. Let's get a, put a giant hose into the ocean and just Spray it. Yeah. yeah. And you know, you know what's nuts? There's going to be a lot of, um, if they survive, a lot of just loose animals because a lot of the farmers, even people who own homes, yeah. if, like they have to just let their animals go to save yeah. themselves. Well, I mean, no, let, let's even talk, like you brought up farms. Let's talk about oh, the farm shit, workers yes. who are still out there 
uh, in the crops dealing with this, okay, not just the smoke and the ash and the fire, but also COVID. And I mean, the heat. you, you want to not eat meat so that, you know, you can spare, you know, the cruelty of that. Spare well, you know what? Your vegetables, they ain't like cruel free either. So I no. hope you're doing as much for the people <laughs> picking them as you are the animals. Okay. And veggies ain't cruel. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, no, cruelty no cat, but they ain't cruel free eating those vegetables and fruits. They got to get on your table somehow. So I hope you're giving some energy to that because that yeah. is like, man. In that heat, the, okay, and we're in a heat wave. Heat wave, know, but we are heat wave. Like it is mm-hmm. thickening. I go out at six a.m. I go do my power walking, and I'm sweating like buckets. You're a soldier for still doing it. I won't even go outside to take the trash out. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're like throwing out the window. <laughs> try, try to make trash. Try to make it in as they drive by. <laughs> <laughs> it's hot out there oh man (laughs) this world is like y'all couldn't handle me on fire yeah it's like that tiktok i sent y'all girl earth stank (laughs) i threw away as quick (laughs) aliens no that's why people are like oh aliens are here i'm on another not They don't want to be here. Drive by, they're like, "What is this shit?" Like, like I thought I would abduct some motherfuckers, but like, they're <laughs> coughing and Earth stank. I got out of there. Quick. <laughs> That's a great TikTok. Oh <laughs> Please, my god! shared it on her Instagram stories <laughs> if you guys want to check that out. But it's funny, yeah. No, the oh aliens. Oh my god, it's so good. No, we they want nothing to do with us. Well, we did mess shit up real bad here. So hopefully, mm-hmm. we're gonna vote. We're going to get the right people all up and down the ticket. Like, I know we always think about the presidency and the vice presidency, and those are really important, but, you know, we have a guest coming on, and she's going to talk to you a lot about what's happening in local governments, and that's how I became a smarter, fitter, better, faster uh, voter, because I was like, what's happening in my backyard? What am I not seeing? You know, and also the census, people. The census is so important. So easy. Easiest test you ever take. take. Yeah. How you get your monies. How you get your monies. How districts get your monies. You want good schools, you got to fill out your census. And it's very easy. It's like so easy. Like I was about to do it and and my husband walked by and he's like, I did that already. (laughs) I was like, yeah, okay. It It takes a minute. Yeah. Um, it's very easy. Yeah. He was probably like, I ordered a DoorDash and hey, you know, when you got to go, you got to go. Yeah. So got to so fill out your census and you still got to get your uh, dinner for DoorDash. Um, They're not sponsors, by the way. You can use whatever you want to use to order. Soon. Yeah, exactly. Um, with that, I think I'm going to move quickly into um, house cleaning and updates. Um, as always, please subscribe or like and review us on Apple Podcasts. We're also on Spotify. We're on Google Play. We're on um, anything, anywhere where you listen to your podcast where you enjoy it. We're probably going to be there. Pandora, I think Pandora, we're there. And um, so, yeah, so check us out. Please leave us a review if you get a chance because that helps us with our search engine so other people can find us. And feel free to share our um, podcast with people so that hopefully they'll like what they're hearing. If you like it, 
they're your friend, most likely they like it. I don't know your friendships, but that's usually how it works for me. So make sure you share. Um, we're also on Twitter and Instagram at The Hoops Talking, and we're on TikTok, The Hoops Talk Podcast. And don't forget that the Good News Radio Podcast app is going to turn into a subscription model. So if you currently have it, you're good. I think you'll get like a prorated. If you don't have it, um, you might want to get it before it goes to subscription because then you will have saved the price. But we're worth it, right? I think we're uh, worth yeah. it. Yeah. Oh. Vote with your ears. Yeah. <laughs> we're so worth it. Um, <laughs> so with that, I think we're going to move on to bring our guest on next. So we'll be right back. Welcome, Jackie Pepper. Woo! Welcome. Woo! Hey, ladies. Hey, welcome what up? To Talk. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for having me. It's really oh great to be on with you. You know what? I, I was thinking about this because I know that Kendall had been talking to us about this big voting initiative that y'all are yep. working on. And mm -hmm. I thought, who better than Jackie Pepper to have on our show to focus on voting? Because mm -hmm. as I've mentioned several times, you have made me a better and stronger voter. And I just think your career trajectory from sports and activists, like all of that really is a great, uh, you know, mix that we in our podcast try to bring out. So we are... Thrilled, thrilled to have you. So before we get into like the whole q and I'm going to uh, pretty much just read a little bio about you and everything I learned, I learned on the internet. So feel free, <laughs> feel free to correct me. Well, hopefully um, if you got it from my website, it's not wrong. Okay. <laughs> I did. I did. I did my due diligence. I was okay. like, okay, I'm not just going to Google her. I'm actually going to go to her website. So um, Jackie, you are a sports video producer and a progressive uh, roots, grassroots activist. Um, you've produced content for Yahoo Sports, USA Today, and NFL ne Network. You've also won an Edward R. Murrow Award for your video features. Um, you have been on-air TV and on-air radio talent for such programs as, as USA Today Sports, Comcast Sportsnet, ESPN LA 710, and KABC LA 790. And you, your, activist, your activism um, is with the Indivisible California 33, which is a grassroots political action organ organization using the Indivisible Guide which the Indivisible Guide is, uh, was created by former congressional staffers that were creating actionable guidelines to get Congress to listen from people in the grassroots community that wanted to drive progressive and democratic uh, policies from the local level. So with that, did I, did I do a good job? Yeah, that was pretty smart. <laughs> I mean, I have a lot of freaking jobs. So like, there's a lot. I know, I know. I was like, yeah. okay, you you are definitely a force of nature in in the sports industry. Can you tell us a little bit about what got you interested in getting into sports and how your career has transformed since you've begun? Sure. I mean, my career, I'm like a cat. I've had nine lives in this industry <laughs> and I just turned 37. I'm not even Ooh. that old. Um, Young. So, you know, it's Maverick. Really, yeah. 
um, it's a really tough industry uh, to survive in um, entertainment in general, but even sports and news, it's tough. But I got into sports uh, as a kid. I never played sports because of my asthma. I was always fat and out of breath. Um, so sports were not my thing, but I loved watching sports. All my friends in school played. I would, you know, watch even in elementary school, you know, we'd have like peewee football and I'd hang around and watch on the yard and stuff. Um, and I just loved my friends so much that I was really connected and invested in watching them play. My parents, we always watched sports, um, you know, growing up in Santa Monica, the Lakers and the Dodgers were just, you know, this is the eighties and the nineties, like, right. It was a good time to be a Lakers and Dodgers. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> so I grew up uh, loving watching sports and that's how I learned about the games. And I was really invested in the people who played the game. So for me, it was X's and O's and the human element, the human interest element of sports. And I carried that um, throughout my teen years. I was in marching band in high school. So I was at all the football games, all the basketball games playing my instrument, I became the mascot of my high school, Vicky the Viking at Santa Monica High School. Nice. Um, nice. of my senior class. And I was <laughs> everything. I was on the sidelines at water polo games, like dressed up in a Viking outfit, uh, track and field, you know, so I got a lot of exposure to all kinds of sports in my youth and carried that through college. I could tell you the whole long story of how my career started, but it was right place, right time. Mm. I knew the right person mm. um, who got me into this gig as a production runner on a um, ABC Sports College football broadcast at my college mm. um, when I was a senior at the University of Arizona. And that's how it all began. And then I just formed relationships and kept on going until I got here. And I've had a lot of different career iterations, starting in production, um, moving my way up, going on air struggling to create a lasting on-air career because it's can I cuss on this show yes you can yes. It's really man, let it fly really fucking tough especially for women <laughs> um and then now I've bounced back to the production side behind the camera again so okay been through it all but it's been quite a wild ride and I feel really lucky and how have you seen sports, the sports industry evolve for let's say women or even people of color like I know that right now we're at a uh, huge moment uh, where a lot of things are getting, you know, called out, rectifying. How are, how are you seeing? Is this like something okay, slow so moving or? <laughs> have you guys seen the show on Apple Plus called The Morning Show with Jennifer? Yes. Finished yes. it. Okay. I'm, I just finished episode two <laughs> last night and I'm having PTSD. Oh, oh no. no. Oh, yes. Like I'm, I kid you not. I'm with my parents and I'm like, that's the meeting I had with that executive in that hotel. Oh, that's wow. the meeting I had with that news director when he fucking ignored me while I was in his office mm. and was on his computer while I was talking to him. And I'm like, why the fuck am I even here? <laughs> um, it, it is, I'm sure the industry has progressed for women in the last 30 years. I mean, there weren't even women in sports 30 years ago. Mm. I mean, maybe like Leslie Visser, there were a few. So I know progress has been made for sure. The mm. progress is slow. It take, I mean, for yeah. all minorities, for all different kinds of things in, in right. life, you know, we still don't have, you know, care in this country, which is right. absurd. Um, so it's slow going, but 
yes, there is a difference. There are definitely more women working in sports now than there were when I started 15 years ago. Um, when I got my first job in 2004, I was working on a traveling production crew that was doing live game broadcasts. There'd be 100 to 120 people on the crew. And most of the time I was the only woman. Wow. There, sometimes there was like, I had an operations manager who was a woman and it would just be the two of us. Sometimes there was like one other production runner who was a woman mm -hmm. and then there was like one woman who worked in the graphics truck um wow from you know and we weren't always on the same shows so like there mm -hmm. were way fewer women especially behind the scenes there are mm -hmm. more now but we're not even close to you know sorry right. that's my email let me You're good Click out of it. It's so freaking loud. And it's AOL. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Inside baseball, right there. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, like I've had it since the early 90s. I love it. Anyway. Well, I mean, to your point, yeah, we we're not starting at zero, which is good. Correct. You know, I like to point that out because sometimes you can really it really weighs, you know, and you start getting depressed and defeated yeah. and you just have to remember things like, you know, we're not starting at zero. Right. There but, is, you know, something that's a really important point, just looking at um, where we work, where Kindle and I work at Yahoo in our sports department, um, there are more women in that department than anywhere I've ever worked before by like a million. Um on the video team, we are all, all, the few women there are, we're all white, all of us, um, which is an yeah, issue. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. So there are still different levels, you know, right. of progress that the, are- The very there. few women on that team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like very few women and but, all white. But yeah. even so, like this is the most women I've ever worked with, mm -hmm. ever. Mm -hmm ever. And wow. I'm the only, well, Kindle's also a video producer now mm. versus a social producer. Right. But, you know, it's tough. It's tough, yeah. but we, we try to make progress. You know, I've been able to get other women interviews, um, mm. in, in our shop. One of them got hired to a show that no longer runs, um, on Yahoo, but I, right. I was like, finally, I got one in the door. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> all you know, in, small wins. <laughs> but that's the thing. I've mm -hmm. I've said this several times in the past on the podcast, and uh, you know, uh, Karen and Kendall can keep me honest. But I've always said, you know, it's not it's not so much what we see on like this level. It's the leadership level. Yes. You know, those are the people with the power of making decisions are just normally the ones that are going to okay handing out shirts that say vote. But in reality, they're not actually doing the work to mm -hmm. make that. It, that change, which leads us, you know, to the system, yeah. systemic issues that we well, have. luckily, um, over the last couple of years, our new department head, I mean, she's not new anymore, but is a, is a woman mm -hmm. and she does care about, um, having more women in the department, making sure that we're comfortable and taken care of and that we're independent and feel we can have a voice. Um, and you know she's my age we're the same age mm, so mm -hmm. like that's that's a big job for her right to be in and it's a challenge and everything is slow going you know but right. I know that we feel really lucky that all the way up at the top there is another lady and she can understand you know right. our, our plight when we have a plight but right. we 
love where we work. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, I love all the men we work. We have like the best, just the best crew ever. So, I mean, really no complaints, but yeah, there's still progress to be made for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then also not just in the workplace, but in sports in general, you know, there's so much that, I mean, I know we, the, the, what was it? The NHL, that man, Mike, who he just came out and said, well, the boat, the NHL bubble is great because there'll be no women there to distract you. And you're just like, yeah, dinosaurs. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a field of Jurassic Park still in in the sports industry. But yeah, but it's good to know that, you know, and, and, and actually like you saying that change in leadership is great because I think that also starts from, the, you know, a uh, grassroots level within the company where, you know, someone has to say, you don't start, from, you're not starting from zero. And someone says, let's take a look around and see what we're not seeing. Let's focus on that. And, and let's change that. So that's good yeah. to know. And our company um, in the last few months has really made a lot of um, public uh, commitments to increasing, not just increasing diversity, but strengthening the diversity we have, um, you know, really taking account into account all types of people, their experiences, their needs. So, I mean, for someone who at times feels very guilty working for a gigantic corporation that, you know, could often go against my own personal beliefs, I feel so lucky and proud to work for a huge conglomerate that is actually doing the right thing on so many different levels, which is a really big relief. That's great. Actually, in talking about your beliefs, I think it's a good way to maybe dive a little bit into your activism. And what, at what point, was it a career moment? Was it a personal moment? Was it someone, an inspiration where you're just like, you need to take action. You are, you have, you call yourself an activist, you work on a grassroots level, you're making, you know, you're helping to shape your local government. And in addition, that would, you know, go up to the, the big fed government. How, when did that start? What was, what was a moment, if you can remember where that happened for you? So I've always been politically active, but I was never an activist okay. until Trump showed up. Um, that, <laughs> I'm that's sure it. that's a common thread. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, maybe, maybe he did do a lot for women because he got us real pissed off and real riled together. Up. Yeah, that's true. And it's really interesting because in activism, there's like two groups. There's pre-2016 and post-2016. And sometimes our factions fight because the old school activists who've been activists for 20, 30, 40 years are like, whoa, whoa, who are all you newbies thinking you can just like come in here and that you know everything and you can take over. So like there's a lot of give and take and trying to learn from each other, um, which is a very unique experience and you know it's mostly done in good faith but it can get a little hairy sometimes but I've always been a political person I come from a a political family um my uh my grandfather on my mother's side was a mayor in Colombia um Mm -hmm. I'm part Colombian he was assassinated by the FARC uh, when I was a young child (laughs) so he literally he died for trying yeah. to make life better for, for his people. Um, my uncle is a union leader for many, he's a recently retired union leader for the California Federation of Teachers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I marched in uh, anti-Iraq war um, in mm-hmm. the early 2000s with my mom, you know, so mm-hmm. I've always been very politically engaged, especially on issues of race. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked uh, in my high school 
um, to develop a program called Racial Harmony, which was a series of overnight seminars at our high school in the gym mm-hmm. where we would have a hundred kids sleep over in the gym and do this wow. two-day incredible seminar that was based on a national uh, program to teach people about race relations and diversity. I mean, it was it was the mm-hmm. best. And it changed so much in our school because I went to Santa Monica High School, mm-hmm. 4,000 kids, pretty diverse, but very segregated, mm-hmm. you know? Um, people, I don't know when the division happens, but people just kind of like gravitate to their own. And we were having mm-hmm. problems on our campus at that time. There were a lot of fights between like racial groups and mm-hmm. um, there were gangs and there, I mean, it was kind of crazy. So this program was brought in by two seniors um, when I was a freshman and it really changed our campus. Mm-hmm. And then a few years after we all kind of aged out, the program didn't continue and those problems came back. And my high school is also the alma mater of one Stephen Miller. Yes, I, I, re- I just read that Vanity is, Fair whoa. article. Yeah. He clearly wow. did not go to he the did not uh, program. Racial Harmony. Right. <laughs> which is yeah. a real shame because it, it could have changed his yeah. life. I mean, it could have. this was 20 something years ago and people who I went to high school with, we still talk about it you know? Wow. And we're all different. You know, it brought seniors and freshmen together. It was just a really transformative program. So Mm. I guess in that way, I was even a little activist back then. Um, But I've always cared. But Trump, you know, was a different story. uh, I did campaign for Hillary Clinton. I phone banked for her in 2016. And that was the first time I had ever done any kind of outreach Mm. for a political candidate. Even Mm. Obama, who I loved, I didn't like get off my ass. I just voted, but right. that's not enough. <laughs> um, so yeah, Donnie T. Donnie T. Stuck me <laughs> into this shit, guys. Thanks. I'm grateful uh, for it. Then yeah, you yeah, know, silver lining. Uh, yeah, hard hard to find. You know, like I try to look at the silver linings in that his um, destruction of the country has motivated millions of people who didn't care before right Mm -hmm. um so there's that silver lining but then when you think about all the damage done on so many levels and now with covid the hundreds of thousands of americans who are already dead and who are going to continue to die yeah kids dying in uh, in prison in concentration camps yes Mm -hmm. concentration camps yeah absolutely get sick and literally you see them on these these internal cameras fucking flailing on the floor having seizures and shit no I mean so yeah it's tough it's tough but this is where we are and people they have to do if you care at all right you have to do more than vote you've got to go just one little extra this time around you know when you saying that and and the work you're doing the indivisible CA was it CA 33 yeah which is my congressional district okay tell Tell us about that. How did you get involved with that? And how can other people get involved with that? Because I think that's really important. Because, um, you know, a lot of people think about like the one big vote, right, for president. But in reality, it's the local voting, the local levels that are so critical. Can you talk a little bit about right. that? So just for like super big picture mm-hmm. stuff, um, for the last 10 years, really since Obama was elected, the Republican Party started a massive grassroots movement at the local government level to flip thousands of state 
legislature seats all over the country. And during his presidency, many states flipped their state representation from blue to red so that there was a majority of red state uh, legislatures. You know, here in California, we have a state assembly and a state senate. So that's our state legislature. Um, and they are both blue and we have a super majority um, of Democrats. So like Republicans cannot get anything done here. But it's really important to vote at the local level because that's where everything starts. And the local level does translate all the way up to the federal level because if you want to change the constitution, you mm. actual state legislatures vote on constitutional okay. changes at something called the constitutional convention. So, and that's for that's the state's constitution. No, I'm talking oh, about the United States of America. Oh, okay. All right. So there is um there are many different things that have to happen to amend the United States Constitution. Mm -hmm. And there is a state government, uh, a state legislature vote at play in changing. Okay. That's why we don't have the Equal uh, Rights Act for women mm -hmm. that needs um, ratification. 38 states to ratify. Right. So they could change the Constitution, but it's the states who have to ratify that amendment. Right. So that's why it's like super important to vote for everything at the most basic local level from who's on your school board to who's on your city council to your state assembly man or woman or your state uh congress per senator state senator so it's all really really important and i never even realized how important that stuff was until the last four years right. but it's, it's deeply deeply important so with a group like indivisible first of all there are like a million different grassroots mm. political groups on all sides of the aisle. And I highly recommend finding one because most of them do different things. Some are dedicated to one issue, like uh, preventing gun deaths and gun safety. Um, some are for a woman's right to choose. Mm -hmm. Some are strictly voting outreach, getting people okay. registered to vote. Indivisible, the point of indivisible is to hold your elected officials accountable. And mm -hmm. how do you, uh, regardless of party, and how do you do that? You build a relationship with them. You say, hey, I'm your constituent. My tax dollars pay your salary, so I'm your boss. Mm -hmm. So you have to listen to me. So I'm going to call your office a couple times a week and tell you, hey, this is what I want you to do up at Capitol Hill. Or this is what I want you to do at the state legislature in Sacramento. And I'm fucking watching you. And if you don't do it, I'm going to vote your ass out next time. And I'm going to raise money for your opponent. Mm -hmm. So you have to learn how to leverage your power because all these people want to do, politicians, they want to keep their jobs. That's it. They just want to stay employed. And most of them are, you know, I think they're good people and they like believe in what they're doing, right. but the foundation is keeping their jobs. Mm -hmm. So you have a lot of power, whether or not they keep their jobs. So your voice really does matter. Right. And your vote matters. Yes, it does. Because and I know a lot of people. You know. Yeah, a lot of people will be like, well, it doesn't matter. You know, I, because everyone's like, well, you know, California will go blue. It always yeah, goes blue. Yeah, but there are, blue is a big spectrum. And mm -hmm. like, and again, I really just kind of thought I, I live in a democratic state, like I have nothing to worry about. But now that I'm so involved in state politics, you know, you got 2000 bills written every year in our state legislature that get put up for some kind of vote at some type of committee right. level or whatever. And we are fighting our own elected officials who are also Democrats saying that bill is not going far enough. It's not blue enough. It's not progressive enough. Right. Um, 
and there are di- way different levels of blue um, right. for sure. Right. And I'm not even as blue as some blue. <laughs> Yeah, but, um, but yeah, there's a lot going on and there's a lot to know. And I think people feel so overwhelmed. They don't Very overwhelmed. Alert, but you don't need to know everything. Nobody does. Right. You just need to care about something and then learn about right. the one thing you care about. So right. in, in some ways, like let's say voting rights right now yes. are extremely important. They're being attacked yes. left, right any which way but loose, right, is voting mm-hmm. rights. So if someone today were to wake up and say, you know what, the number one important issue for me right now is voting rights. That's what I want to look into. So there are many different, there's like Fair Fight, I believe that's Stacey Abrams' organization. Yeah. Um, there, there are others that I, you know, I can't even, but there's so many. You would recommend saying, okay, instead of trying to eat the whole elephant just look at maybe just the trunk and if voting rights yep. is that go deep into that and take a look at that is that something that you would recommend so in my indivisible chapter um i'm one of the chairs of the voting rights subcommittee so we have different subcommittees in our indivisible group where people take leadership on a certain issue like environment mm-hmm. voting rights prison reform so mm-hmm. there's like a contact person to kind of like do the heavy lifting um, we pretty much stopped doing that with mm. voting rights and not for a good reason. <laughs> mm. We stopped because here in California, we don't really have problems with voting rights. Mm. California is one of Got the it. best states, um, that is fair, makes it, the state has made it easier for people to vote over time. Um, the only time you really run into trouble here in California, I'll give you one example, is uh, in the midterms in 2018, I went up to CA, was it 21 or 22, where Devin Nunes is a Republican congressman. Oh, yeah. um, this is up in the Fresno area. Yes. I, I went to knock on doors for his Democratic opponent, Andrew Jantz, who almost he was down 20 points in the polls a week before the election. And I think he only ended up losing by like three or four points. He almost, that's amazing. Oh, it was unbelievable because Devin, believe it or not, that's progress. Huge, yeah. huge, huge. In and that part we, of California. Yes. Oh yeah. yeah. In, the, in the central Valley, which is deeply rural, deeply red. Um, right. Yeah. Yes. That was, it was almost, it was like a victory in itself. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So when we went up there, we took a bus from an organizing committee down in LA. We went and spent the night at a hotel. Then they took us to Andrew Jantz's um, campaign headquarters and they had local residents Mm. drive us in their cars to different neighborhoods. And they were like our local liaison. So we could ask them questions because we were all outsiders coming Mm -hmm. in to these communities, which people don't often like. They want to be talked to by their own people, not like LA people, whatever. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) big city. Uh Uh-huh. Totally. People are protective over like their way of life and who they think they are based on their geography and stuff, which I get. So we had our local driver and he starts telling us about how in Nunez's district, they've started shutting down polling places in the bluer parts of the district (sighs) and including some rural areas, which happen to like be bluer than what you'd expect and they've shut down those polling places so then the next closest one is like 20 minutes away um and this is happening in california and it's Mm. the local government 
in that city that is doing the bidding of that member of Congress. So, and, and you, the only way to fight it is you have to like publicize it and humiliate them into changing their ways, which is like what we're seeing with the U S post office right now. Postmaster Mm -hmm. general, unfortunately he says he's going to stop making these changes, but he's not going to undo all the changes he's already made. So, so voting rights in California is not really that big of an issue, which is why I don't really take that on anymore. The problem is a state by state situation. Sure. And it's overwhelming because, you know, the Supreme Court of the United States gutted the Voting Rights Act in 2010. Mm-hmm. This had been put in place during the civil rights movement to stop race discrimination at right. the polls. And then in 2010, the Supreme Court was like, hey, we got Obama's president. We're in a post-racial America. So we don't have wow. to protect people anymore. We can just take all those, all that red tape off. Wow. They took the red tape off. Everything came flooding back. Floodgate. Yeah, the floodgates came out. So so it's hard. And there there's work to be done at the federal level, but until the court changes, until we have a majority of blue people on the Supreme Court who can get a case taken all the way back up again and put those protections back in place on a national level, people have to go state by state in their own state and try to lobby to make those changes. And that's gonna start by voting for changing your state legislature to Democrat. And how do you do that when they've already rigged it with gerrymandering? You know, it, right. it's really, it's tough. Right. It can be done. We've seen it happen before right. in the civil rights movement. We know we can fix it, right. but the amount of work it takes is tremendous and people right. have to do the work. So from, okay, from a California perspective on voting rights, you know, they're definitely there's things that still need can be and should be done. Um, but how do, let's say I see what's happening in Georgia or I see what's happening in other states. What, as a Californian, am I able to do anything yes. to help those yes. states? Yes. So um, my plan before COVID <laughs> was to take, you know, two, three weeks of vacation create what I have dubbed a tourist activist trip and go to all the crown jewels of the South, you know, fly to Atlanta, rent some cars, spend a couple days in these different, you know, go to Charleston, go to Savannah, you know, go to all these places in the South that I've always wanted to visit because I've never been do like one tourist day and then one door knocking day where you meet up with local activists who will take you to knock on doors to register people to vote or to, um, you know, try to pitch your candidate to them. That is not happening now because you cannot knock on somebody's door and talk to them face to face anymore. This is a huge, huge blow um, to this election. The Mm -hmm. inability to go face to face with voters is, it's terrifying to me because it is the single biggest, uh, action you can take that will change somebody's mind or convince them to vote is an in-person interaction. Mm-hmm. There have been study after study, poll after poll for decades on this. It is always the same door-to-door canvassing mm-hmm. or speaking one-on-one to someone, you know, personally, right. like a friend or family member, it's the single biggest way to get someone to act. Right. So that's what I was going to do. I was going to say, you know, I know 
the Democratic candidate's going to be okay here in California with our electoral votes. So I'm going to go to places, you know, where they really, where they're red and they really yeah. need some more blue help. Yeah. Can't, can't do that now, which is a problem. And the thing is, even with the gerrymandering and, and the restrictions, the hurdles that these states put in place to make it hard for people to vote, if the turnout is so huge, you're going to negate that few percentage points of trickery and bullshit. So right. if the turnout's gigantic, Got it. you can make up for that 3% of that makes sense. outvotes right. just yeah. by overcompensating. With, so right. even though the hurdles are there, if you can get every person who's eligible right. to actually vote, you should be able to um, make up for some of the, the yeah. funny business. Right. So yeah. can't, can't go door to door. Okay, no problem. You can phone bank, you phone can bank. text bank, which is, I love text banking. In fact, mm. I'm just getting a text right now from like one of the people who I always text bank with. Anyway, <laughs> um, and it's so great because you don't even have to use your phone. You can use your laptop, you use like Slack. There are all these different platforms and it's all web-based. So it has everyone's phone number. It, creates a canned message and you just press enter, enter, enter like 300 times. It sends it to all 300 people. Wow. Then you just sit oh, and wait. Yeah. You watch TV, you're watching your sports, you're tweeting, and then you wait for the replies. And then they give you all these different possible replies to what someone might ask you. Wow. So you're not like coming up with this shit on your own. There are answering right. questions. There's a moderator in the group who, if you have a question, you hit them up and say, Hey, this person's asking me this. I don't know the answer. Mm -hmm. They help you on the spot. It is awesome. It's like the most low rent activity you can do. And it actually makes a big difference. Okay. Um, you can write postcards. We've sent, I mean, millions of postcards to voters in the last few years. Um, and there are groups that exclusively do that. They'll send you a list of names and addresses. You get some stamps and postcards, you mail them out. There are like mm -hmm. many things you can do without the in-person Okay. Um, contact this time around okay. and there are, I would go to for anyone listening yes field team six like it's like a play on seal team six okay <laughs> field team number six dot org okay. is this incredible voting rights um well they're not voting rights they register people to vote that's all they do okay and they just created this new it just launched I think yesterday called voterizer Anyone can go to that website and register to vote mm -hmm. in their own state right there. Field Team 6 also organizes postcarding, phone banking, uh, text banking. They're like a one-stop shop. One Excellent. other one I would suggest, grassroots or sorry, grassrootsdemocraticheadquarters.org. They also do all of those same things. I'm a part of both groups. They're very well organized and you just you just show up virtually and they'll right. hand you everything you need and you'll be they'll be all set. It's fun, it's easy, it's social, even from a distance. I love it. I love it. You know, thank you so much for coming on. I know that you are getting ready to go and get people to vote right now. So <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up. But thank you so much for coming. Thank you for those um, those links. We'll go ahead and put them in our show notes. Um, yeah, Jackie, again, you definitely have made me a better voter, a smarter voter. Um, you know, anything you want to like plug or anything you want to just say before we wrap and we'll let you go out there and start registering more people. <laughs> okay. One other really great resource. Yes. Um, and I'll send you guys 
the links to the Please. things I've told you about. It's a tool called ResistBot, R-E-S-I-S-T-B-O-T, ResistBot. And there's a phone number you text. Hold on, let me pull it up real quick. Hold on. ResistBot. Come on. <laughs> well. I think it's uh, 50409. Okay, yes. So you send a text message to 50409. You just type the word resist in the body of your text. And it's this automated system that it'll ask you for your address. And then it'll load all your elected officials based on your address. Mm. And you can either using text message on your phone or Facebook Messenger, mm. you can write them a, a text and it sends it directly to their office free of mm. charge. And you don't have to do anything. You just put in like whatever you're thinking and it takes mm. care of it and your elected officials get it. It's so, it could not be any easier. So easy. It'll, it'll also give you like a formatted digital letter that you could share on Twitter or Facebook or send to your friends. It'll say, hey, do you want me to send this to your friends? They can send the same thing too. It has all these great options. And if you um, don't know what to say, a group like mine, Indivisible California 33, we send out weekly call scripts. So oh, okay. we pick an issue, we create a script for you to either call on the phone, send a resist bot message, send an email. So you don't even have to think, you don't have to be nervous. You can read it right off your right. computer screen. So there are so many tools. Fivecalls.org also does the same thing. They okay. give you issue-based scripts so you can call your elected officials, read straight off the script. And what happens is, if like 20 people from someone's district calls them or emails them or whatever in one day about a certain issue, that issue goes right to that elected official that day as a top priority. So oh, that's why nice. it's important to organize, mobilize, and spread your message to yeah. your elected officials because you're their boss and you should it's tell them what you want them to do. Yep. I love that. I don't like talking to people on the phone, so that's perfect. <laughs> you <don't laughs> it is. Yeah. Sign up for ResistBot. It's like the best. I use it multiple awesome. times a week. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Jackie, you are definitely someone that everyone should know about. Jackie Pepper on Twitter, I think it's at Jackie Pepper. You are a voice that I love to hear and love to see on my timeline. And you know what? United, we must vote. Yes. And, you know, let's vote blue. Um, that's my recommendation. Um, and, and all your local levels. So thank you so much. We're going to keep in touch with you because I know you're doing like a ton of stuff and we want to know more about it. And, you know, let's just, you know, together we can, we're going to do this. I have hope. <laughs> I have hope. We're going to vote, 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 vote. Thank you ladies so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Jackie. Thank awesome. you. Thanks, Jackie. Bye. Thanks, Jackie. Bye. And we are back. Wow, wow, Jackie Pepper. I feel empowered. Oh my She's gosh. Great. She's fantastic. Yeah. I'm telling you, you. Oh, my head with knowledge. You, the thing, the crazy thing is like the, what she said, it's so overwhelming. Like yes. you don't even know where to begin. You're just like, you know, and then you start getting into the weeds and you're like, you know what? I, I'm Fuck sure it. we're going to be fine. <laughs> and like government <laughs> sites and all that it. stuff are a hot mess to it's navigate. Exactly. And like, 
I'll oh, just man. I'll just vote right down the line, which you know what it's it's also true what she said where it's like you know there's different shades of of Democrat, the blue oh yeah different mm-hmm. shades of blue for sure, you know and um, it just depends on where you set. I mean I feel like we're we definitely lean more on the progressive side, um, and that's kind of the future of the party. And I think when we saw the Democratic convention that just happened, um, right. that was a huge wow. you know. Uh, it, it was huge to say like, Hey, you know what? We are trying to go progressive, you know, these right. to do it. So, but I also think like we've reached, it's almost like the democratic party is, is attacking each other right now, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, mm-hmm. we do need to keep in mind that there are different shades of blue, but this election is a little unprecedented and sure. yeah. a lot different. And we just, we need to stick together. Right during this election to get this bozo out of office and all these other bozos below him out of office because the Republican party is not what the Republican party used to be anymore. I mean, you just heard about that, that woman in Arizona that told her constituents that maybe they could fast to fast, to skip a meal. Yeah. (laughs) And then use that money that they would have used to pay for the meal to go towards her campaign. Yeah. That happened. Whoa, what a dumbass <laughs> thing to say. Or just from the privilege. flat out racist Tom Cotton being like, uh, no, we're not going to teach our children uh, about uh, racism. And I believe in Tennessee, they just, uh, pa- they just passed a bill that said if you are a protester, that some of your voting rights would be taken away. So yeah, that's I mean, some bullshit. I cannot. It is all yeah. like, it's all the over party the place. Of the- the party of the constitution really yep. yeah, hates the constitution. Exactly. The, the death party, the <laughs> yeah. Republican death party. I mean, yeah. I, I, there's so much, there's so much, but you know, the, I, I really feel like voting and voting rights to me has just like, I, there needs to be such a spotlight. And I think there's so mm-hmm. many other, you know, people in our industry and beyond that are also looking at because what's happening with the United States you know I crack up because I'm like you mean to tell me this whole time the United States Postal Service never had to make a profit and they delivered everything they needed to fine right the I'm sorry but the uh I don't remember the army having to show profit either so right right military doesn't military doesn't have show no profit nothing right so right. now all of a sudden, someone that's going to give me my daily coupon, you know, is good. Yeah, my someone BBB, delivers my, Bed Bath & yeah. Beyond coupon. <laughs> so, yeah. Someone delivers my BBB coupon and now have to make a profit from that. I'm like, hmm. Yeah. People know. delivering people's medicine. Oh, that, exactly. That was the <laughs> other thing, too. It's like, you know what? You thought you were real cute fucking with the USPS, but then you're also messing up with people's meds. Mm-hmm. People, you know, needed subscriptions. It's just, it's insane. Yeah. Bullshit. It's absolutely yeah. insane. But you know what? It's the the death gasp of the last dinosaurs, and our vote needs to push them like that meteor that took them all out to begin with. So we, we gotta vote. We, we gotta, gotta buy gotta stamps. Vote. We gotta be ship the big bang, folks. We gotta be the big bang. Be the big bang. Big bang. I love it. We gotta be the big bang. Speaking of big bang. Uh, one thing I do want to mention are a couple of, because we want to keep on this uh, voting and sports tip, um, the, the WNBA to me is definitely the blueprint of how to mm-hmm. talk about social justice within For your sure. industry, within your franchise, um, you know, as player athlete activists, you know, big time. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things, and, and this has been reported on extensively by other, um, you know, news outlets and uh, freelance journalists, so we're not 
you know, saying anything new here, but we just figured we'd go ahead and reiterate it as it, it pertains to the important voting that's happening in this country. Um, one is that they've dedicated their 2020 season to social justice. So this year, their justice movement was made by the WNBA and the WNPA to amplify voices of leadership of the WNBA players. And they also created a social justice council to create that movement moving forward in the entire WNBA. Um, awesome. Also, all their games are honoring, as we know, the Black Lives Matters yep. movement and the mm -hmm. Say Her mm -hmm. Name campaign, which they've all, you know, been one body doing this type of work on the court and mm -hmm. off of the court, as well as their Vote Warnock shirts yeah. that they all wore, you know. Um, so their collective, they're using their collective voices and their collective bodies for social justice and for voting. Um, from a uh, a more like team level, you have a uh, United Unite the Vote Challenge, which are uh, nine out of the 12 WNBA teams have created a team challenge to get registration. So if you go to that page, you'll see nine of these teams, you pick one of the teams and then you vote in the kind of like a challenge so that you each team can try to like get uh, voter registration up. So they made it a bit, a bit competitive, which is kind of nice to see like a tally board. That's always like a good goal goal setter. Um, from the Laker, for, uh, Lakers, from the uh, LA Sparks, you have um, their fifth pillar of their franchise is a social justice community pillar with the change has no off season. And one of the focuses there is voting along with mental health and wellness and supporting veterans and youth programs. So you see like, they kind of what the WNBA and the WNPPA is doing is they created this huge, this big umbrella, right, of like this one voice initiative. And then from there, each franchise kind of built out a pillar, which is really, I think this is really, really an important note is that when a company or a franchise or a corporation, they all have pillars, right? You guys have heard this, the pillar is this tech, um, what is it? Um, app first only, you know, all these different pillars that kind of work, <laughs> right? You, you, we know the pillars and it's basically what is, uh, they're created so that there's focuses so that, you know, when you measure yourself at the end of a, of a season or, you know, of a year, you will be able to have a measurement to how you proceeded within those pillars. And so the franchises have created, we heard Kia Clark also from the New York Liberty say, their pillar of social justice, which included equality, equal pay, voting, all these things, um, it's very important because it holds accountability. And I think that that is something that we uh, need to see more of is accountability because a lot of people are like, oh, it's just, you know, there's a lot of uh, performative with the courts and the t-shirts and what have you, but you're mm -hmm. seeing right here a, a franchise, the longest running uh, women's a friend or league with the WNBA deciding we're going to hold ourselves accountable. We're going to be action oriented and we're going to create pillars within our franchise and within our league so that we can measure up to our own selves at the end of the season to say, what, what have we done? What have we pushed? What have we moved? How we've changed. The community. Yeah. And it's not performative mm -hmm. if they've been doing local community yep. work for years and also, hello, they're part of the disenfranchised period. Uh, mm -hmm. How many people we hear talk shit about the WNBA in general? So yeah, sad. And black women, yeah, and black women. So you know that is something that's really, really important. They, they um, 
have always been political. You know, they've always been activists. So, I mean, you look at what Maya Moore's done. Oh, for um, sure. Yeah. And even going uh, when the uh, Minnesota Lynx, I think it was the Michael Brown, when they had the moment of yeah. silence. So they're, they've always had this. It's just like what we, like I said, we know we never started zero, right? We're not starting at zero. So all these social activism that these players have done has now grown into this collective movement where they're saying, I'm putting a pillar. I'm putting, this is, we are going to be accountable. We are going to, and we're going to hold leadership accountable. None of this bullshit. So good for the WNBA, WNPA. Practice what they preach, man. Yep. Yes. Actions speak louder than words. You can go out there and and say all this Mm -hmm. stuff, but if off the court, you're not, acting on it yeah then yeah you have to be you have to be part of that civic duty it is if you are in the WNBA you need to have civic duty as part of your uh you know person you know you need to it is just it is so wild how women on top of all the disrespect that we get just for playing the game that they love because they aren't men doing it like on top of all that getting paid pennies Nothing. to what they should be getting paid on top of all of that they're like fuck it I don't care I'm gonna I'm gonna say exactly what's on my mind and what's in my heart mm-hmm. and I'm gonna act on it and you know what maybe I'll take this entire season off to do it yeah you know what I mean like yeah. it's just so all of the bullshit that they have to deal with and they're still like ah, all right well let's just you know I'll just yeah. go and do this too like it's just so awesome when you, especially when you look at and it's not like the NBA isn't doing, you know, big things for you know, uh, Brianna Taylor and, and um, racial injustices. It's just that when you look at that, them compared to the WNBA, yeah. you can definitely see the differences in who's acting on it and who's not. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's wild to me, everything that women have to put up with. And then we're like, okay, I'll just, <laughs> let me do more. I'm going to yeah. push for it. Let me do more. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Awesome. And with all the criticisms and all, and like to your point, and I just think like even just the physical differences that you have to deal with that, that, you know, I don't know, you just wake up and you're like, okay, I just resistance is just like yeah. a number one thought in your mind. Sue, Sue Bird was on, I think JJ Reddick's podcast and they asked her about female athletes getting told to stick to sports. And she's like, we would love to. She's like, you guys criticize us based on our, our uh, who we love, looks. Uh, our looks, the fact that we're women. She's like, we never actually get criticized on the sport that we're playing. It's right. everything so else. Yep. And she was right. like, you guys literally bring the politics into the sports. So right. then we have to say something. We're not just going to take it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, you're was, right. Yeah. I think it was Diamond DeShields, too, who recently was saying, she mentioned, said something about the NBA being very sensitive, the players, and they started coming at her about to go make a sandwich. And she was like, I did go make myself a sandwich. It's the best sandwich ever. And so there's like a picture of her like right? holding a sandwich. And it's just like, there is, there's almost nothing that anyone can say at this point that's going to hurt your feelings on social media. Yeah. Like, you're just like, you know what? I woke up ready <laughs> right but not only that but like I love being in the kitchen that's where all the food yeah. and the snacks are you're not wrong. <laughs> oh Tell yeah get back in there you know what I'll go there and then I'll go and do what I've been doing yeah exactly <laughs> food, food feeds the soul baby 
Well, right? I mean, that's where my grandmother taught me, you know, everything. And I cook well and I have great memories. So, yes, I will be in my kitchen yeah. anywhere else I want to be. So, exactly. my kitchen it's with my laptop, so, smoking my yeah. joint, getting things <laughs> right. done, multitasking. Sure. Playing my game. Yeah. Like, whatever. Fuck off. Yeah. I can Seriously. multitask. Yeah. That's the thing. <laughs> that's another thing. It's like, yeah, we could do it all, actually. We, yeah. can, we can literally we can do, literally it, all. do and, it all. Yeah. And, <laughs> Like we don't complain about it. We just do it. Right. And we don't shit on other people while we do it. I know. Mm. That's true. I mean, that's one of like the big shifts that I've seen. You know, I know we talked about to Jackie about like her up and coming in the industry and the things that she's seen change. And she seemed to have a path that felt like more supportive and able to get, you know, because of, you know, the, the breaks that she got. But I feel like that we have we've decided as women and in this industry that we're not we're going to support one another and we're not going to be uh you know we don't have to play by the same rules that maybe our predecessors played or that we have to play into those things that make people successful it's like we're all going to be successful if we help each other be successful and i think that's something Mm -hmm. that i'm seeing more now than it ever before. I mean, I came up in advertising. So you want to talk about some cutthroat, I could tell you cutthroat. And yeah. from there to now, if I hadn't modernized the way I was going to think about how I work with women or with other people, then we'd not be in, in a place I think where we are now. And I, I do think that seeing like the younger generations also saying like, hey, you know what? Let's all like get this is a good way of um, looking at where we need to be. Unfortunately, uh, somehow along the way, um, through Russian interference or, you know, apathy, we got what we got and Mm. it's been doing a lot of damage, but it's like what they said in the DNC, what are we going to tell our, the next generation that we did in this moment? This is the moment. And what are we going to say that we did? So you know, we got, we got a lot to do and a lot to say and a lot to happen. Um, on the NBA side, just really quickly, what I was able to find is LeBron's organization, which is more than a vote, um, which is, you know, about changing things, not just on the sidelines, but also, uh, within your community. And they're also pushing registering to vote. I know they did a letter, um, that was signed by several people, uh, athletes from WNBA and NBA. And um, that is also available on the website and it helps you to sign up. I didn't, I mean, I didn't do too much like excavating, but um, I feel like there can be more to be done on the NBA yeah. side. Like, mm-hmm. the- <laughs> did you go to the site more than a boat? It's a picture and a form. <laughs> That's it. And yeah. a video. Man, there's not a whole lot. Y'all have money. Come on now. People need jobs. Like get a web designer, get yeah. some content up there. Uh, what? Yeah. I performative. I I'm will, not feeling it. I'm going to zip my mouth on that one yeah. until my, uh, I don't want to shit on too many people, but we're working on a, a giant project at Yahoo Sports. And I will just say that the uh, certain someone who works with LeBron has been less than helpful. <laughs> Got it. Wow. Got it. You know, -hmm. there's still time. So we're just going to leave it at that. But yeah, let's just, yeah. I'll just say this is not a time to be territorial over anything election wise. Um, No. That we should all be working together to get the the message out. Yeah. 
and I will leave it at that. <laughs> Interesting. And well, maybe later you can spill tea, but I kind mm-hmm. of feel I'm understanding what you're laying down. Oh, yeah. So I'm picking, it up. I'm I'm picking, picking up, it up what you're laying down. So I kind yeah. of get it. Um, but yeah, so I'm not as impressed and I can't, I mean, I wish I had, if I, if the, if NBA had as much as what I found for WNBA, I would spend another half hour talking about it. I don't have a right. problem with yeah. that. Episode but to be quite two. honest with you, yeah. This is, yeah, exactly. It would be quite honest with you. I found one link and I found the link that, t- that told me what name, what words they put on the back of the jersey instead of their name. Like I found that right. on WNBA.com. When yeah. I looked up NBA social justice, I found one page. I didn't hear anything about pillars. Yeah. I didn't see anything about, uh, you know, movements or committees. I didn't, you know, and besides this like hand illustration and get people to vote. So, you know what, we don't know what they're doing, but it's definitely not as transparent as what we see happening in the WNBA. I know what they're doing. They're busy on social looking for the next Instagram hoe to bring into the bubble. <laughs> That's what they busy doing. <laughs> okay. <It's> true. <laughs> trying to find the next like coll- uh, sweat pant collaboration. Oh, yeah. Gosh. They're busy oh, voting man. on her Instagram stories, hot or not. You know, <laughs> they're doing the poll. <laughs> oh man. Instagram polls. <laughs> That's how they vote. That's their poll. <laughs> oh man. Oh shit. Well, that's what I found. Um, And yeah, we'll have links to this on our uh, show notes, but that's all I got as far as that. And I think um, we can take a quick break and come back and take our hoops off. So we will be right back. And we are back with the hoops off so we're this is our final segment of the podcast where we each get one minute to go off on something where we have to take off our hoops and have them hold them because we're going to get into some battles so i'm going to go first this time karen if you're ready to time me tell me when to go and we will go three two Okay, so I want to take my hoop offs to hate clicks. So basically, this is like misleading and divisive headlines that news organizations put on their social media posts so they can get these clicks and their hate clicks. Like, for example, AOC did a pre recorded procedural thing where she had to like go and nominate. Uh, Bernie San- oh, Sanders yeah. and NBC tweeted in one of the shorter speeches of the DNC representative Ocasio-Cortez did not endorse Joe Biden which was totally misleading and they actually they get all these speeches pre beforehand so they know exactly why she's doing what she's doing but instead of making it look like she is just doing a procedural thing they wrote a headline that was based in divisive language because they knew that that would get more clicks based on hate than really saying what it really was. And you know what, that's fine. If you're an influencer and if you're like someone who's just, you know, trying to do LOLs or trying to get likes or whatever, that's fine. But if you're a news organization, you need to be held to a higher standard, at least hold yourself to one. So no more hate clicks. Done. Whoa. (laughs) I'm sorry, but that pissed me off because I'm just like, 
you know, it's like a, it's like a it. recipe now. Yeah. Because they, they rather get the clicks for ads than to actually get people united. It's mm-hmm. sick. It's sick. It, and they know that people aren't going to actually click in. We're, yeah. we're in, the, we're living in a time where people don't actually read the story. No. They just read the headline because yep. we don't have time. And so, yeah. So that's how all this misinformation I hate it. spread because people aren't actually reading what it. happened. Yeah. yeah, I hate it. And you know, and I'm glad AOC said something like you guys, she's the one that I got the hate click from like the the title because it's just like, yeah. it's just like you guys are just want hate clicks and you knew procedural and you had this. So yeah, and it's it was NBC News. I want to call them out because they're yeah. the ones that did it. You but guys you know were what? a saw, news organization. I saw other mm-hmm. publications do the same shit. Like their headline was like she was trying to divide the party by saying you know her support was for Bernie. I was like, what the fuck? It's a mm-hmm. recipe. Yeah. You take someone that's really popular, like AOC. You and take you something that people mm-hmm. are not going to. I mean, I know I'm going over my. I already did my minute, but it just so it was so. You. It made me so angry. So that's <laughs> that. Uh, okay, yeah. who's going to go yeah. next? I got I can, the timer. Up. I can go because it's associated with ours, and I feel like Kindles will probably be stronger. So. Okay, so Karen, <laughs> you're the you're the anchor. <laughs> We're going to oh, go. God. Are you ready, Karen? I am. Three, two, one, go. I know I've already talked about the electoral college, but let's remember there is still an electoral college. And just like we talked about with Jackie, we talked about the census. First off, you got to fill that shit out so you get enough electors in your yeah. state to bring your fucking presidential vote and other votes for the president precedent. Okay. And then second, let's talk about this. Okay. Everyone is bringing up Joe Biden's dirt and sniffing little baby girls' heads. And let's talk about Kamala's dirt and all this stuff. Remember, Please do your own fucking research because remember how Trump got into office because of all that fake ass propaganda and you don't realize that all those like social posts telling you about Joe and Kamala's dirt is probably funded by him. So please do your research because Joe was a single dad who lost his wife and his first like one-year-old daughter and he's worked his ass to where he is and same with Kamala and all this other stuff and the stuff about her imprisoning her own people is some bullshit too. So please read up on that because regardless what you think, Look who's next to them. Who are you comparing them to? Right. That's right. That's right. Dude, look at the... Read. 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 To be honest, I fell victim to that shit too. While we were still, Mm. you know, we were trying to be like, who do we want to run? Right. Who do we want our Democratic ticket? You know, I was falling victim to that. And I still felt some type of way when Biden was announced. Sure. And Mm -hmm. Kamala too. But you know what? I did the research. And regardless, like... Who are you going to vote for? Because if you vote for someone else like fucking Kanye, you're taking a vote away from better, more qualified people to run this country. And look, look who you're comparing it to. Seriously. Trump is a fucking hot mess. I watched it. Like, I try to avoid his interviews. I watched one and it was like, the interviewer didn't even have to do shit. It was a runaway train. It was like (laughs) watching someone talk to a therapist and run their goddamn mouth and he couldn't even speak to numbers on corona he had to pass him the printed chart because he didn't even know how to fucking decipher it he didn't know how to read it yeah yeah i can't oh yeah and then 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 the guy was like then the guy was like uh sir this is your uh coloring of (laughs) this is a paw patrol coloring book (laughs) (laughs) this is your takeout menu like can't oh god oh all right 
Kendall, you are the last one on the oh, hot man. seat. Who's suck? Are you okay. ready? Three, ready. two, one, go. Okay, so I'm working on this massive voting project where I've literally had to write a script for every single state on how to vote in that, how to register to vote in that state. And I gotta tell you, some of these websites look like they could be upgraded by going to GeoCities. That's how bad they are. <laughs> wow. So on top of them trying to suppress your vote by shutting down polling and in the, the postal service, like they're making it difficult to even register in their on their own websites. And don't we all want like an efficient offense? Wouldn't you rather your secretary answering voting and how to register to vote questions all day when you could just put your all of your information on a clean ass website? with updates on COVID and updates on this and that and that, like, why is it, why are we making this so hard on people? And why are you making it hard on the people in your office who have to answer these calls all day for people who are fucking confused on how to register to vote? I don't get it. <laughs> oh, thank Man. you, Kendall. Sure. You got it. Okay. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I, got, I mean, honestly, two words for you, Squarespace. Yes. I'm just thinking the same thing. Why yeah. isn't Squarespace partner and create templates for government for voting no. so anyone can just scale that like take it scale it skin it to how they want it and it's done like i tried to it's borrow impossible. books from the library it took me 15 minutes to figure out how to even apply for my <laughs> fucking library card <laughs> it's impossible oh, forget and it. some some are great and some are just like i had to click Rush. around to even find when the deadline was you and know what like, I, I mean that seriously. should be right there it's like if you're able to order, you know, 500 pounds of toilet paper from Amazon from like a snap, you should be able to try to, you know, find what you need to do to vote. It should not yeah. be that hard. Or they should, some of these, there. some of these states you can't even vote online. You right. have to mail it in or go in person. See, you know what? Oh. Then they need to partner with Yahoo or BuzzFeed and make people take a quiz. What kind of voter are you? Right. <laughs> and then take all that info they filled in, fill out the form for them, and then send that bitch in. Yeah. Uh, Oh, I can't. Well, there you go. There you have it, folks. So that's it. That's all she wrote. That's all she wrote. I know. We're sweaty. We're, all, we're, I mean, we're definitely sweaty. sweaty. Guys, thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you to Jackie Pepper for yes, coming yes. on. She has to come we, back as we get closer to November every month all, at least. We're going to have all the links that she gave us on our show notes, please. There's so many resources out there. You're not alone. And we can also be helpful. You can DM us. You can uh, tweet at us. You can go into our Instagram, you know, DM there. We are on social at The Hoops Talking. Um, also, make sure you subscribe and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, what have you. We have a YouTube channel, um, The Hoops Talk po uh, Podcast, where we're going to start clipping out our interviews so you can see our interviews in addition to like the premiere of the episode. Um, yeah, we're, we're all around and we want you all to go and vote. It's so critical. It's so important. You know, we're not telling you who to vote for, but you know, what's right, but go and vote, register, get it done. You know, mm -hmm. Kamala for the people, Biden, please. That's what we're going with that. Karen, how I want to keep it. We want to keep it sweaty and Vote, 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 vote,